0: listening to the mystical city of god in Year podcast i'm father edward looney and throughout the year i'm reading and reflecting on the four volume over 2,500 page work by the venerable maria of agrida if you would like to discuss today's readings head on over to facebook and there you'll be able to find the mystical city of god in Year podcast group and be able to share your own thoughts and insights about today's readings with others who are listening and following along Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sorn Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Today is day number 245, and we are reading from Volume 3, Book 6, Chapter 16, Paragraphs 565 to 571. 565. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, for I shall earn for them satiation far beyond all their desires, as well in the reign of grace as in the reign of glory. Blessed are they who, imitating me in my offers of pardon and friendship, mercifully pity those that offend and persecute them, for I promise them the fullness of mercy from my Father. Blessed be the pure heart who imitate me in crucifying their flesh in order to preserve the purity of their souls. I promise them the vision of peace and of my divinity. Blessed are the peaceful who, yielding their rights, do not resist the evil-minded, and deal with them with a sincere and tranquil heart, without vengeance. They shall be called my children, because they imitate my eternal Father, and I shall write them in my memory and in my mind as my adopted sons. Those that suffer persecution for justice's sake shall be blessed heirs of my celestial kingdom, since they suffer with me, and where I am, there also they shall be in eternity." Rejoice, ye poor. Be consoled, all ye that are and shall be afflicted. Glory in your lot, ye little ones and despised ones of this world. You who suffer in humility and longanimity suffer with an interior rejoicing, since all of you are following me in the path of truth. Renounce vanity. Despise the pomp and haughtiness of the false and deceitful Babylon. Pass ye through the fires and the waters of tribulation, until you reach me, who am the light and the truth and your guide to the eternal rest and refreshment. 566. In such divine acts and in other aspirations for the good of sinners, our Savior Jesus occupied himself while he was surrounded by his malignant enemies as by ravenous dogs. Psalm 2117 who pursued him and satiated him with insults, affronts, blasphemies, and wounds. The Virgin Mary, who was most attentive to all that passed, accompanied him in all his acts and petitions. For she made the same petitions for his enemies. She took charge of the blessings lavished by her son upon the just and the predestined and constituted herself as their mother, their helper and protectress. In the name of all them, she composed hymns of praise and thanksgiving, because the Lord had assigned such an exalted position in the reign of grace to the despised and the poor of this earth. On this account also, and on the account of what she afterwards witnessed in the interior of Christ, she chose anew labor and contempt, tribulations and pains as her share during the Passion and during the rest of her most holy life. 5.67. St. Peter had followed the Lord Jesus from the house of Annas to that of Caiaphas, although he took care to walk at some distance behind the crowd of enemies, for fear that the Jews might seize him. He partly repressed this fear on account of the love of his master and by the natural courage of his heart. Among the great multitude which crowded in and out of the house of Caiaphas and in the darkness, it was not difficult for the apostle to find entrance into the house of Caiaphas. In the gates of the courtyard, a servant maid who was a portress, as in the house of Annas, likewise noticed St. Peter. She immediately went up to the soldiers, who stood at the fire with him, and said, This man is one of those who were wont to accompany Jesus of Nazareth. One of the bystanders said, Thou art surely a Galilean, and one of them. St. Peter denied it, and added an oath that he was not a disciple of Jesus immediately leaving the company at the fire. Yet in his eagerness to see the end, although he left the courtyard, he did not leave the neighborhood. His natural love and compassion for the Lord still caused him to linger in the place where he saw him suffer so much. So the apostle moved about, sometimes nearer, sometimes farther, from the hall of justice for nearly an hour. Then a relative of that Melchis, whose ear he had severed, recognized him and said, "'Thou art a Galilean and a disciple of Jesus. "'I saw thee with him in the garden.' Then Peter, deeming himself discovered, was seized with still greater fear, and he began to assert with oaths and imprecations that he knew not the man. Matthew 26, 72. "'Immediately thereupon the cock crowed the second time.' and the prediction of his divine master that he should deny him thrice before the cock crow twice was fulfilled to the letter. 568. The infernal dragon was very anxious to destroy St. Peter. It was Lucifer that incited the two maids, whom he could more easily influence, and afterwards the soldiers to molest the apostle by their attention and inquiries. At the same time, As soon as he saw him at his dangerous hesitation and change of mind, he tried to disturb St. Peter by vivid imaginations and impending cruelty. Thus tempted, Peter simply denied the Lord at first, added an oath to the second denial, and curses and imprecations against himself at the third. Hence, from one sin he fell into another greater one, yielding to the cruel persecutions of the enemies." But St. Peter, now hearing the crowing of the cock, remembered the warning of his divine master luke twenty two sixty one for the great queen and her gentle loving have interceded for him. The Lord now cast upon him a look of boundless mercy from her oratory in the senacle. She had witnessed the denials together with all the circumstances and the causes which had brought the apostle to fall so deeply. She had seen him beset with natural fear and much more by the merciless assaults of Lucifer. She threw herself upon the ground and tearfully interceded for him, alleging his frailty and appealing to the merits of her divine Son. The Lord himself moved the heart of Peter, and by means of the light sent to him, gently reproached him, exhorting him to acknowledge his fault and deplore his sin. Immediately the apostle left the house of the high priest, Bursting with inmost sorrow into bitter tears over his fall, in order to weep in the bitterness of his heart, he betook himself to a cave, even now called that of the crowing cock. There he poured forth his sorrow and confusion in a flood of tears. At the end of the three hours, he had obtained pardon for his crimes, and the holy impulses and inspirations had continued during that whole time until he was again restored to grace. The most pure mother and queen sent to him one of her angels who secretly consoled him and excited him in the hope of forgiveness so that he might not delay his full pardon by want of trust in the goodness of God. The angel was ordered not to manifest himself because the apostle had so recently committed in his sin. Hence, the angel fulfilled his commission without being seen by the apostle. St. Peter was consoled and strengthened in his great sorrow by these inspirations, and thus obtained full pardon through the intercession of Most Holy Mary. Instruction which the great Queen and Lady gave me. 5.69 My daughter, the mysterious sacrament of the patience of my son, by which he bore all the affronts and insults, is a sealed book, which can be opened and understood only by the Divine Light. Thou hast come to the knowledge of it, as it has been partly laid open for thee, Although on account of thy limited powers thou writest much less than thou hast seen. But as this mystery is being made clear and intelligible to thee in the secret of thy heart, I wish that it be also written there, and that thou study by this living example that divine science, which neither flesh nor blood, can teach thee. For the world does not know, nor does it merit to know, this science. This philosophy consists in recognizing and loving the happy lot of the poor, the humble, the afflicted, the despised, and those unknown among the children of vanity. This school, my most holy and loving son, established in his church when he proclaimed and set up the eight Beatitudes, Matthew 5:10). 10. Afterwards, when he himself assumed all the sufferings of his passion, he became for us a teacher who practices what he teaches, as thou hast seen. Nevertheless, although this is set before the eyes of the Catholics and can be plainly read by them in this book of life during their whole earthly pilgrimage, There are but few and scattered souls who enter into this school and study this book, while countless are the wayward and foolish who ignore this science in all their unwillingness to be taught. 570. All abhor poverty and thirst after riches, none of them being willing to recognize their emptiness. Infinite is the number of those who are carried away by their anger and vengeance, despising meekness few deplore their real miseries and struggle merely for terrestrial consolations. Scarcely any love justice or loyally pursue it in their dealings with the neighbors. Mercy is almost extinct. Purity of heart is sullied and infringed upon. Peace is constrained. None grant pardon. None wish to suffer for justice's sake, yea, not even the least of the many torments and pains which they have so justly merited. Thus, my dearest, there are few who attain the blessings promised by my divine Son and by me. Many times the just indignation and anger of the Almighty is roused against the professors of the true faith, since in the very sight of the living example of their Master, they live almost like infidels, many of them being even more abominable in their lives, for they are properly those who despise the fruits of the redemption, which they have come to know and confess. In the land of saints they impiously perform the works of wickedness, Isaiah 26.10, and make themselves unworthy of the remedies which are put at their disposal in more merciful abundance. 5.71 Of thee I desire, my daughter, that thou labor valiantly for this blessedness, By seeking to imitate me perfectly according to thy grace of so deeply understanding this doctrine which is hidden from the prudent and wise of this world. Mark 11.25 Day for day I manifest to thee new secrets of my wisdom in order that it may be established in thy heart and thou mayest extend thy hands to valiant deeds. Proverbs 31.19 And now I will tell thee of an exercise which I practice in which thou canst imitate to a certain degree. Thou knowest already that from the very instant of my conception I was full of grace, without the least stain or participation of the least effect of original sin. On account of this singular privilege, I was blessed in all the virtues without feeling any repugnance or opposition in the exercise of them, and without being conscious of owing satisfaction for any sins of my own. Nevertheless, the divine enlightenment taught me that I was a daughter of Adam by nature, which in him had sinned, and therefore I felt bound to humiliate myself to the very dust, even though I share none of the guilt of that sin. And since I also possessed senses of the same kind as those through which sin and its effects were contracted, and which then and afterwards are operative in present human conditions, I thought myself obliged to mortify them, humiliate them, and deprive them of the enjoyment proper to their nature, simply on account of this my parentage from Adam." I acted like a most faithful daughter of a family who assumes the debt of her father and of her brothers as her own. Though she had no share in contracting it and who strives to pay and satisfy it more earnestly, the more she loves her family and the more they are unable to satisfy and free themselves from it, not giving herself any rest until she succeeds. This have I done with all the human race, whose miseries and transgressions I bewailed. Because I was a daughter of Adam, I mortified in me the senses and faculties with which he sinned, and I humiliated myself as one that had fallen and one guilty of his sin and disobedience, though I was entirely free from them. All this I did, not only for Adam, but for all who by nature are my brethren. Thou canst not imitate me under like conditions, since thou art a partaker in his sin and guilt. But I herewith impose upon thee to labor without ceasing for thyself and for thy neighbor, and to humiliate thyself to the very dust, since a contrite and humble heart draws down mercy from the divine goodness. This concludes our reading today for day number 245. We've been reading from volume 3, book 6, chapter 16, paragraphs 565 to 571. In our reading today, we see a little bit about Saint Peter, especially after his denial of Jesus. And he denies Jesus the first time, and then the second, and he lingers, as Maria Vagarda says. He loves the Lord. He has remorse, I think, for the fact that he has denied him. He doesn't want to be far from Jesus. He knows where Jesus is. And so he wants to wait. He probably wants to get a glimpse of Jesus, and so there he is, just waiting, but then recognized a third time, and he breaks down, because the cock crows. He knows that Jesus knew this moment was going to happen. Peter could have despaired. Peter could have had a similar fate to Judas, although Peter's sin is not as great as Judas, but we did hear Maria Vagarda say kind of how the devil took Peter and led him into one sin, and then he took an oath, and then that was a deeper sin. So, Peter, though, is distraught, most certainly, but Mary is there as the queen of apostles, not physically there but she knows this has happened. And so at the end of the three hours, he had obtained pardon for his crimes and the holy impulses and inspirations had continued during the whole time until he was again restored to grace. The most pure mother and queen sent to him one of her angels who secretly consoled him and excited in him the hope of forgiveness so that he might not delay his full pardon by want of trust in the goodness of God. Mary prayed for Judas, but Judas was not in a place to cooperate with what God was doing through the prayers of Our Lady. St. Peter was in a place and disposed to accept this grace that Our Lady obtained for him, to cooperate with it, and to begin to be consoled and have that hope of forgiveness, which will come after the resurrection. Peter, do you love me? That question asked three times for the three denials. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.